Good morning, all, and welcome to this morning's encounter with the Lord. This is Russell, your host. How are we all this morning? Good morning, Russell. Good morning, everyone, and wish everyone a Merry Christmas. A Merry Christmas to you all, too, as well. And we say happy birthday, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that you came. We thank you for this day. This very important day in our lives that marked the beginning of that transformation, Lord. You came for us. And today is such a day of joy. When we reflect on, as we have in the last two days, on Emmanuel, God with us, you're coming into our lives, into all our challenges, into our circumstances, into all our pains. And today it's just so much of a joy, Lord, to know that you are here, moving in our midst. We thank you, Papa, for this gift. This is the day the Lord has made. And you have placed us in it, Lord. You have located us in your mercy. We thank you. You have located us in your grace. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise, Father. For you are worthy of it all. Your love for us is infinite unending. We thank you, Papa. And we thank you for your peace, for your joy that you pour into our lives and we share the same with all those that are part of this prayer meeting. We share it with everyone that we pray for this day. We share it with all Christians that celebrate Christmas and yet do not know you personally. Let the true meaning of that coming be given to them in understanding, Father, to each of us, that we understand it more clearly, more better, and we come closer as well to knowing you, Lord. Why you came? What was the purpose? Who did you come for? What did you come to achieve? Let that become real to us. That word becoming flesh and dwelling within our lives, within our understanding. So then when we walk out with that understanding, our outlook is different. The way we look at others also is not the same. We have taken a little bit more of you. Just like we pray every day, Jesus, locate us in your mercy, locate us in your love. Take more of me, take all of me and give me more of you. You came for that exchange. We thank you, Lord. We share that same love and that peace and that joy with all those that do not know you and all those that do not want to know you. And we ask for a quickening in our spirits as well as that of all our brothers and our sisters. Quickening in our understanding, a release of your wisdom, your revelation into our lives. As we make our prayer this morning, Lord, we call on your name. We make our prayer in the name of the Father, our Maker, our Creator, the Great I Am, the God of Abraham, Jacob, the God of David, the God of Jesus. When he lived in the flesh and he called on you as Father, and he taught us to call you Father as well, so that the love of that Father, his mercy, 
is always upon us. And Jesus paid the price. We call on his name, the name of our Messiah, our Christ, the Son, the one who taught us faith, the one who gave us authority, the one who restored us in glory, in our relationship with the Father, the one who paid the price, the rock, our refuge, our foundation himself, the word, the Lion of Judah, and the one who is our wisdom, our righteousness, our sanctification, our redemption, the one of whom Isaiah said he is, and he prophesied he is the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. He is the author and the finisher of our destiny. And he came for us. And we pray in the name of his spirit, the spirit of the living God, the hand of the creator that created and gave shape to earth, to life on earth as we know it. Out of all its chaos, out of all its confusion in the spirit and in the earth realm, it is he who made it beautiful. It is he who powered Jesus' ministry right from his birth through all the signs and wonders. And Jesus said, if you believe, then you can do all these things that I did and even more. Because he knew he was giving us that same spirit, the one that raised Jesus from the dead and now also gives life to our mortal body. The one who was given to us as our comforter, our advocate, our intercessor, our counselor, our strengthener, our teacher, our standby, our father, our friend. The spirit of truth. And Jesus said, I will never leave you. So his spirit would never leave us. We thank you, Father, that you have blessed us with the gift of your word, your spirit, the gift of prayer. You have blessed us with this opportunity at redemption where you call us by name. It is you who chose us. We did not choose you. There is nothing we can do in our flesh to choose you, knowing that the flesh lusts against and away from the spirit. Yet you brought us in. We thank you, Father. Yet you showed us your mercy. We thank you, Father. You looked not on our skins that were deep red, that filthy rags in our life, when our book of life is opened. Yet you looked on the righteousness of Jesus, the sacrifice he made for our sake as our high priest, and you said, righteous, stamped upon our name, the gift of salvation given to us. We thank you, Father. We cannot thank you enough, Lord, for the things you keep doing for us and all that you have done for us. It just fills us so much more with awe. It fills our hearts with that gratitude, with that love. We glorify your name, O King. You are, and so we are. We thank you, Lord. Because you live, so we shall live also. We thank you, Jesus. And as we make our prayer and our reflection this day, Cover and seal every word we speak and every prayer we make every person that is part of this prayer meeting 
every member of every family that is part of this prayer group by the precious blood of Jesus. We declare it as our hedge of protection that this day as we celebrate your coming, Lord, let us walk in that new light, the light that has come into our world, just as it said in John 1 verse 5. We put on our angels and we dispatch them on assignments in accordance with your will for this life, Lord, that is full of light. Let it come to pass. We call the angel of the Lord to encamp about each of us, to protect and keep us safe from harm, sin, danger, accident, injury, pilfering, theft, hijacking, terrorism and any kind of natural disasters. I declare divine exemption in the name of Jesus from any of these calamities. We command angelic protection in the unmatched, unparalleled name above all names, the name of Jesus that we celebrate today. We speak to our morning on this day and we declare joy, we declare peace, we declare abundance because that is what he said he came to give in John 10, 10. Let that be fulfilled in our lives and the lives of all those that are part of this prayer group and in every life that we raise up in prayer, Lord, this day. At our platform, that you have given us this platform of answered prayer. We thank you, Father. We also herald the power in our spoken word as we proclaim your word from Isaiah 55, 10 and 11, Lord, that says, as the, the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is our word that goes out of our mouths this day and we declare it will not return to us empty but will accomplish what we desire and achieve the purpose for which we sent it. And we send it in faith in the name of Jesus. Today, I'd just like to touch on some of the mysteries around the coming of Jesus with deeper meanings, some of which you may already know and some which might be new to you. And the first one was from God himself when he said in Genesis 3.15 to the serpent, I will put enmity between you and the woman's seed. And this, that woman, the woman's seed shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. And that started the battle and Satan kept watch throughout time for the one that would come. And that's why his first target was Abel and Cain. Very cunningly, he got one to kill the other so that in either case, one would die and the other would be punished for that sin. So the woman's seed would be crushed. He didn't realize that it meant beyond that. And it was out of that same one that was sinful that the rest of mankind was formed, but they still had redemption. And it went beyond. He kept looking for the seed and then he resurfaced up in the form of Herod after following all the prophecies, knowing that the, the king that was to come would be born in Bethlehem. He ordered a killing of all the children that were below two years old that were born in that region around that time. Unfortunately, he failed. 
because Joseph escaped with his family to Egypt. The second one, not many are aware of this. When Jacob prophesied over his sons just before he died, he prophesied over all his sons. He prophesied about Jesus as the coming king. When he said in Genesis 49 verses 8 to 10, the king will come from the lineage. Now, I'm not reading the verses because they're quite long. But in short, he said, the king will come from the lineage of Judah. Judah is a lion's whelp, and so Jesus is called the lion of Judah. And it said, his scepter will not depart from Judah. So that lineage of kings will continue to be there. And that was the promise that he later made to David as well. And he said, the king that will rule over my people forever will come from the lineage of David. And all the people here in verse 10, so Genesis 49 verse 10 now, it said, all the people will gather unto this king. He will, in verse 8, he says he will have power over his enemies as well. Now, David came from that lineage of Judah and so did Jesus follow that lineage. In fact, when you look at Jesus' lineage, you think he's the son of God, although he was born of a sinless mother, pure. When you look at the entire lineage in Matthew chapter 1, you see that it had a range of people there. People that sinned, including David himself, adulteress, included a prostitute in there, included a king that went, and many kings, in fact, in that lineage that went against God. And then when you meditate deeper on Ruth, the book of Ruth, Ruth was from the Moabites. And the Moabites came from God's people that were divided later, that were divided earlier, sorry. He joined both the lineages, so to say, together, brought them and reconnected them once again. Now, this is this goes all the way back to Jacob and Esau. So the Moabites are descendants of Esau. The Israelites are descendants of Jacob. And when they separated, that lineage was split there. And through Ruth, he reunited. That's another mystery. But as in essentially, today I was just meant to, so that came out of nowhere. That was not even in my notes. That's something worth meditating on as well. How he rejoined that and brought it back. The third one was... Now, this is about the Israelites that spent 40 years. When they spent 40 years in the desert of sin, Exodus 16, verse 35 says, for those entire 40 years, they ate manna that came down from heaven. So bread that came down from heaven, and they ate it every day until they entered the promised land. And then when you move ahead, fast forward to Joshua 5, verse 11 and 12, that Verse of Exodus 16.35 was fulfilled where it tells us, the Bible tells us that 
the day they entered the promised land and on the morrow they ate corn from the land they ate produce from the land when they first started eating from the fruit of that promised land that's when manna stopped raining down from heaven what does it mean for us now jesus said i am the bread of life that came down from heaven so for us he is our manna the word we must feed on the word every day and why are we looking at these verses we will continue to be fed by that word nourished in the spirit until we enter his kingdom the promised land note that i didn't say until we die i said until we enter his kingdom the promised land most people generally have that notion that oh when we die we'll go to heaven it's not about heaven it is about promised land it is about his kingdom now here the word to reflect on is kingdom what does it mean to you coming under his kingdom we pray lord let your kingdom come let your will be done on earth on my earth as it is in heaven till you come under his kingship till you come under his influence under his culture the culture in his kingdom you don't necessarily have to die for that you can have it when you live you shall seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart he said in jeremiah 29 verse 13 and then jesus said it in matthew 6:33 seek first that kingdom till then be fed by the word by the manna by a bread of life it's also interesting our next one touches again on the same the bread of life interesting fact that it was prophesied by the prophet mika in in mika 5 verse 2 that the messiah would be born in bethlehem so the bread of life is he and beth means home and lehem means bread or house of bread so it's interesting that the bread of life was to be born and was in fact born in the house of bread where else would the bread be in the house of bread it makes sense doesn't it and god was very logical and open about it and yet he kept these things hidden and cryptic to the common eye we have been reading this for years and still never understood it nobody questioned why bethlehem many didn't even know that prophecy of micah existed even i didn't up until recently the fifth one was he took the name yeshua and god as you see in the old testament in the pentateuch was referred to as yahweh now the hebrew alphabet yod which starts both yeshua and yahweh is the smallest one when you actually look at the shapes as well it is the smallest alphabet among all the hebrew alphabets so even his name starts with humility and he took on humility from birth being born into a tree out of which animals feed it's obviously a messy place a manger in a stable 
And yet he said in John 8, verse 58, before Abraham was, I am. Which the people didn't digest well at the time because it meant that he was saying he was greater than their father Abraham. Greatness and yet he took the shape of humility. Here I'm reminded of a story that I heard where um, a king was once uh, informed that his officers, his administrators that were ruling different parts of the country were mistreating the people. And so he decided to go and see what was happening. But he disguised himself as a poor man and then went up to them pleading his case for needs just to find out. And then the ones that he identified as mistreating, the officers that were mistreating the people, he pulled them aside, he told them who he was, he told them what their mistake was and he fired them. Did God do the same here? He came to find out what's happening, but he didn't come to fire them, he came to correct them. Interesting one. Disguised himself, came in humility, the carpenter's son. Nothing special, nothing big about the carpenter's son. What good can come out of Nazareth was one of the things that was said about him. Well, yet here you see him saying in John 8.58, before Abraham was, I am. And then our sixth one for today, the last one. There are many more actually, if we go down deeper into it. The word is amazing. The sixth one was the three wise men that brought him gold, frankincense and myrrh. We've, we've heard this story as children, but we never questioned why only those three gifts. Now gold is symbolic generally of a gift given to a king, majesty, royalty. Frankincense signifies his image as a deity, as God, one that is worthy of veneration and worship. A king and a god. And then myrrh was kind of ominous, like a prophecy in itself about his death that was to come. Because when you look at John chapter 19, I think it's verse 39 and 40, where he talks about uh, Nicodemus embalming the body with myrrh and aloes. John chapter 19. So myrrh was symbolic of that impending death that he would be embalmed. Three gifts of significance. Must have been randomly chosen by the three wise men. But look at God, how, how God puts wisdom into it. And then he reveals it to us. We shall stop there for today. Father, we thank you for your wonders that you work in our lives. And you show us deeper mysteries about yourself so that we might get to know you and your ways more. And you said your ways are much higher than our ways. We accept that, Lord. And we come to you in surrender. Empty ourselves. Come as students to learn 
come as children to learn to know you more and to love you more, Father. Yet remembering at the back of our head that you are also our king. And that also brings more joy into our hearts, knowing that our father is the king. And when Jesus said, how much more will he not give us? Where when we ask our earthly fathers for us for bread, will he give us a stone? No, he won't. And now this is a father who is the king and the creator of the universe. And we are asking. We need that as an influence to our prayer when we go to him. Approach from a point of view of not give me bread, give me this, give me that. But knowing what he is and who he is and what he is capable of. And he is our father that loves. We thank you, Lord. We pray for that spiritual edification that our prayer life can be pumped up, can be rejuvenated, can be taken to that next level. Knowing who you are, coming closer in our relationship with you and then calling on your name out of that love in the relationship. Let that be our prayer life every single day, Father. We ask for that edification in our spirit this day. Jesus came to join and rebuild that relationship. And he showed us how it can be done as men. He led by example. So that all we need to do is look at that example, learn from it and follow it. As we pray for spiritual edification, we also pray for our physical and our temporal needs, those of our families and our friends. We pray for all those that are battling all kinds of sickness this day, Lord. You came that we might be healed, that our land would be healed. And we come to you in repentance, knowing that your coming was a call to repentance. That's what John the Baptist kept saying, crying out in the wilderness. And then when you started your ministry, the first thing that you said was the same as well. Repent and turn to God. And we might be saved. We ask forgiveness for sins and we ask for that healing, Lord. Healing also of families that are facing division and separation. What you have joined together, Lord, out of your love, let that bond be stronger than any kind of hatred, than any kind of animosity. We pray also for all those that are battling all kinds of strongholds in our lives, especially that of ignorance of your word and your ways, your provisions for us, your systems of advantage, of poverty, of busyness, that we don't have time to know you, and of prayerlessness, that we can't come and commune with you and use this legal system of prayer you have given us to bring you into the middle, knowing that how you turned around the battle for Jehoshaphat, you can do the same for us because that battle then gets taken over by you. Let those yokes be broken, Lord, this day. You came for that. By your blood, we declare them broken over these, the people, your people, that we now pray for. And we pray for our own personal needs, those of our families and our friends, especially those that are not yet saved. Father, we thank you that you have heard us, that you always hear us. And as we release our faith and our prayer, making this a prayer of agreement, we believe that this prayer is already an answered prayer that you will do for us. That is what Jesus promised us when we make a prayer of agreement in his name. You would do it. 
we believe it lord release our faith and we say amen let it be so because we ask in accordance with your will i encourage all those that can pray in the spirit using the gift of tongues to unmute and join in those that are praying for that gift release your tongue and your faith ask the holy spirit to take over thank you jesus thank you jesus thank you father thank you father thank you holy spirit Thank you, Holy Spirit. Sarah Kanda Papa Pia. 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 Sarah Kanda Pap
Sandy, <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. The scripture that was put on my heart this morning is from Galatians 5, verse 16. But I say, walk by the Spirit and do not gratify the desires of the flesh. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus.
We also have another one that is connected here. This is from 1 John 1 verse 7, where it is written, But if we walk in the light, as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. And then the second one is from 1 John 5 verses 7 and 8 quoted from the NRSV where it is written, there are three that testify, the spirit and the water and the blood. And these three agree. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. If you are being blessed by these reflections as well as Brother Savio's reflections, the Bible teachings from every Friday evening and the Divine Mercy and Rosary sessions, please share those the links for people to join on Zoom and YouTube and share the messages that are posted on all our social media channels. The links for Zoom and YouTube are the same for all of these sessions. They do not change. So the same link can work for any of these sessions. The recordings are also available on YouTube. They are posted on Facebook and they're also saved on our Spotify podcast channel. Let it be that gift today that you give the presence of Jesus to others. And on behalf of the prayer group as well in the team here, I'd just like to wish every single one of you a merry and a blessed, a transforming Christmas, one of renewal, one of, of rebuilding our relationship with Jesus. Let that be a new start today to a new level that we have never seen before. And let the mercy and the grace and the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ and his favor that comes out of his jealous love for us, chases and overtakes us. Let that be multiplied in each of our lives this day so that as we are blessed, let us in turn go out and be a blessing to everyone around us in the name of Jesus and for his glory. Be blessed and have a wonderful day ahead, everyone. Thank you, Russell. God bless everyone. Have a blessed day. <clears throat> Blessings, everyone. Bye. Thank you, Jesus.